0: The Holy Gospel according to St. John in the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. So Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. This is the gospel of the Lord. So how many of you like to fish? Okay, we got less hands at this service than we had at the early service. I guess the fishermen are early risers, huh? Yeah, okay. Fishing is a lot of fun when you're catching something. But if you're going to go, let me ask you this. Would you rather fish in a place that you know or that you don't know? Okay, is fishing better when you're familiar with the place? Okay, you know where to fish. You know whether they're, you know, even a time of day sometimes, you know whether they're going to be in the reeds along the side or if they're going to be out. You know whether you need to still fish or troll. You know, whatever's going to be the best because you know the waters. You know the fishing. You know how to do it. But now let's say you go someplace, first time you've ever been on a lake or deep sea or whatever, What's an important thing you need to do? What? Yeah, but if you're in a strange place, what's the first thing you need to do? Either get a guide or ask somebody where the good fishing is. Do I need to go this way, that way? Do I get close to shore, not close to shore? Do I find a channel? Whatever. You need to know, you need some information. And of course, any of you that have done much fishing, whether you've done it in familiar waters or whether you've done it in strange waters, there's always fish stories, aren't there? Always fish stories, wherever you go. And sometimes they grow over time, Uh, sometimes the number of fish increases, you know, whatever. But there's always fish stories. Well, we got a fish story today, and it's a whopper, okay? It's a big one. Jesus had appeared to his disciples twice prior to this, once on Easter evening and once the next week when Thomas showed up. And so now the disciples, remember what Jesus said the first time he appeared to him. He said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And so now, sometime later, the disciples have made their way back to Galilee. And Peter says, I think I'm going to go fishing. And the others said, and there's about half the group there, the others said, all right, well, we're going to go with this. So they went out fishing. and You heard the story. They're fishing all night long and didn't catch anything. Now, you've got to realize these are seasoned fishermen. Maybe a couple of them are along for the ride, but most of them they are seasoned fishermen. They've been doing this all their lives. They made their living doing this. They knew what fishing was like. And maybe they'd been skunked a couple other times in their lives. But they're out there fishing, doing what they know how to do in familiar waters and didn't catch a thing. So they probably figured it's just going to be one of those nights. So they're headed back in. They're about 100 yards offshore and they see this guy on the shore. Well, it's Jesus, but they didn't know that at the time. And so Jesus yells out to them, said, So have you got any fish? And they said, no. He says, well, why don't you throw your net on the other side of the boat? Okay. Seasoned fishermen in familiar waters who know how to fish, who know what they're doing, and here's somebody they don't know telling them to do it a different way. Put your net out the other side and you'll get fish. Yeah, how big a difference is that going to make from this side to that side? It wasn't a big boat. But they did it they figured well you know we're we're not in yet haven't cleaned any nets or anything so let's do it they did it and of course you know the story they got so many they could hardly haul them in then john recognized it's the lord and when peter heard that he put his tunic back on and he jumped in the water and went to shore Amazing enough, this guy that asked if they had any fish, like he maybe wanted to buy some, already had a fire going with fish cooking on it. So then Jesus says, Well, bring me some of the fish you caught. So Peter jumps back in the boat and helps him haul all this stuff up on the shore. And then he feeds them breakfast. Interesting story. But then I ask myself, Why did Jesus use um, this situation, this circumstance, to make his third post-Easter appearance to the disciples. Why, why this one? Why is he doing this? So I got to thinking about the story and got to thinking about what that whole situation and that, that, uh, the whole event might have meant to the disciples as they reflected back on it. And I thought, you know what, this story is really an example of life and death and then life again. So think about it. The disciples are out there in the water doing what they've always done, doing what they've done their whole lives. They're making a living, they're doing their normal thing, going about their daily or in this case nightly business. So they're out there fishing using all their knowledge and all their understanding and all their wisdom and everything about the lake and about life, and they come up empty. Empty. It wasn't until Jesus enters the picture and says, why don't you do it my way, that things change. So it's like he was telling the disciples, you know, you can act on your own all you want. And you can have all the knowledge and understanding and wisdom that, that there is. But if you don't have me, it brings you nothing. And when you think about disciples, Peter... James, John, the sons of Zebedee, when, when you think about that, and you think about your relationship with God, and you can try as hard as you want to get everything to work out and to find your way there, and what are you going to get? Nothing. But with me, you're going to get something. And so it's like those fish represent, I think they represent life. Okay? Life with a capital L. Eternal life. And when they were going on their own and trying as hard as they might, they got nothing. But when Jesus says, well, do it this way, follow me, do what I say, and all of a sudden they got more than they can handle. More than they can handle. It's like at the end of the night is no fish, death, eternal death, separation from God. But when Jesus comes along, what happens? All life breaks out. It's a resurrection breakout because here's all this life because Jesus is the one that has it. How do we know Jesus is the one that has it? Because when Peter got to the shore, Jesus already had some fish cooking. Okay, Jesus is the one with the fish. Jesus is the one that has the life. And so the message for the disciples when they thought back on this is Jesus is the one that gives us life and I need to follow him. And then Jesus begins the process of redirecting their lives away from what they had been doing and into ministry. So it's easy for us to make that application to our lives. Because don't we just go through life the best we can? And as we get older, we gain what? We gain knowledge, we gain understanding, we gain wisdom. All those things come with experience and living life, that we get those things. But if we try to live our lives, and especially our relationship with God, if we try to do that out of those things that we have gained over the years, in other words, like the disciples fishing that night, if we try and do it all on our own, doing what we know or think we know, we're going to come up empty. But remember what Jesus said. He said it earlier in the Gospel of John. He said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly like that large catch of fish. The whole message of Easter that he was trying to impress on his disciples and that he impresses on us is that life is in him. That if we try to go on our own, if we try to make it on our own, it's like me trying to catch fish out of this floor. Nothing's going to happen. But if we allow Christ to be the one that guides our lives and to lead us, then we have life, capital L, life abundantly. Now, that's the end of my sermon for all of us as individuals. But I'm going to leave you something to think about. When Jesus called His disciples to Him at the very beginning of His ministry, He said, I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. That was the mission. And they didn't really understand all that, but He spent three years training them. And then now, He... This story today where they're fishing and they realize that catching fish comes from the power that Jesus gives them. And then when once at Pentecost the Spirit comes and all of a sudden they start to understand and they understand what it means to catch people. And so that's what he's asked them to do. And so for us as the church or as a congregation... We have that same mission. Nothing's changed. Jesus hasn't changed the mission. Our job is to catch people. Now, how many of you have grown up pretty much your whole life in a church? Pretty much everybody. And I dare say many of you, maybe even most of you, have grown up as Lutherans all that time. Not that that makes a difference, but you've grown up with faith and you've grown up knowing Jesus. And you have lots of experience and lots of knowledge and understanding and wisdom. So, you know how to be the church. You know what it takes to be the church. You know what it takes to organize a church. This is evidence of that. You know what it means to be a congregation. You know how to set up all the programs and the structure and all that kind of stuff. And you know what the calling is and how to do ministry and what God has called us to do. But if we try to operate as a church out of our knowledge and our understanding and our wisdom alone, we're going to come up empty. Empty. It's only when we follow Jesus and pray to him every day like we should be doing in our own lives every day. If we pray to Jesus every day, guide us, lead us, walk beside us as we do this, help us to know what to do, show us what you want us to do, and bless the work that we do. It's only when we do that that the work will be blessed. And sometimes, just sometimes, Jesus is going to say to us, you might need to do it a little different. You might need to throw your net out the other side of the boat from what you think you ought to be doing. And if we understand that, and if we do that, and if we follow Jesus, then he will bless us maybe even 153 times as great than if we do it on our own. Amen.